It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, hey, what up? Welcome to Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry, coming to you again. Thursday episode, we are joined by Mike Espy, the uh, owner and proprietor of Espy Performance and uh, former Ole Miss wide receiver, NFL wide receiver, and uh, now specializing in uh, getting everybody ready for that next level in the state of Mississippi. Mike, thanks for joining, man. How are you? I'm well, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, right off the top, let's just get to it. Sunday, Ole Miss got a big commitment from Aiden Williams, the uh, on-three consensus four-star receiver from Ridgeland. Um, had – I don't know if you would call it a top schools list. I mean, it, it essentially came down to Tennessee, LSU, and Ole Miss. South Carolina was in there as well. Um, it seems like they're everywhere right now. Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks are doing a hell of a job on the recruiting trail. Ultimately, chose Ole Miss. Um, really tight with Derek Nix, Kelvin Bolden, that staff. They did a phenomenal job from top to bottom getting him into this 2023 class. I know that you've seen him, you know, in a one-on-one setting. You've seen him in seven-on-seven, and you've seen him on the field on Friday nights. But just your your assessment, your your scouting report on Aiden Williams and what he brings to the class, what is it? You know, uh, I'm going to just – talk about him on a couple of different fronts uh for one man he's a great kid uh really great kid he's a faith-based guy uh I know if you if anybody saw his commitment video he opened it up with a um with a scripture so like that's who he is man he is he's faith-based he's goal-driven and he's gonna provide some great things at Ole Miss. As far as his ability on the field, I wouldn't want to play against him. And that's just me being honest. He, he's he got the size. He's got the speed. But also, too, he plays the wide receiver position. His favorite player is Jalen Ramsey. And I was like, why, why is your favorite player Jalen Ramsey? And he said, well, he feels like he plays like that, but on the offensive side of the ball. So he carries that that energy. He carries that um, God. He 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 just carries that type of energy onto the field, and he's a wide receiver that takes the game to the defense as opposed to 
letting them come to him, if that makes sense. Um, you know, like I said, he's got great speed. For his size, you really wouldn't think a guy that has speed like that. Um, but if you pull up the tape, he's one that stands out. He's going to catch a screen, and he can take – listen, he's not going to fall down at two yards on the screen unless it's just a really great play by the defense. More than likely, he's going to get you 12-plus and possibly even a touchdown. Uh, but then he'll run the short to intermediate routes. He's very effective in that. He'll get you first downs. Then he'll pop the top off. He could go deep on you. But one thing I love about him the most is he'll get down in the red zone and the defense knows where the ball is coming, but it, it does not matter. Because you put the at this high school level right now with him, you put that ball up, he's gonna go, he's gonna go get it. But also, too, what folks don't really realize about him, he's a dog on the defensive side of the ball, too. You can line him up at, at the corner on your number one receiver, or he could play safety and be very effective depending on what you need. I had a chance to see him in person at the Under Armour next camp in February, way back. It feels like forever ago. It's hard to kind of pinpoint what his strength is. And I mean that as a compliment because he does so many things well. Um, I, I, I mentioned his versatility and the write-up I did on him. Um, I think he's more than capable of playing both inside and outside at the college level. And and you you see guys like A.J. Brown, and I say him because he was at Ole Miss and got a chance to see him in person plenty where he was able to go, you know, play in the slot and be a tough matchup for safeties and linebackers, but then he could also go outside and beat corners one-on-one. -on -one. Do you think that Aiden Williams is kind of in that same mold as a guy that can can do both, or do you think he'll find a home either on the outside or the inside at the college level? I think it would be silly not to put him in both. Uh, you know, just for the simple standpoint, yes, he could play outside, but then you put him inside, he's a mismatch. Like he He's like an A.J. Brown-esque type of receiver with the size and the speed, the ability to get in and out of his routes. He's a mismatch. Um, you know, those are, those are two completely different positions, outside and inside. But I agree with you from the standpoint of he has the ability to do both. Obviously, when he goes up to Ole Miss, his growth and his development and his his he has a very high IQ uh, of the football game. So I think that he'll be able to adjust and adapt very fast. And he'll be very effective, very effective, very early, especially with some key seniors uh, leaving next year. Um, and so he'll be right in the mix with some of those guys, the other guys, I think. I've had this this question brought to me several times and I can't really give an answer to it. And, and I'm glad you're here because you're someone that's that's literally been there, done that. But what do you think it is about the state of Mississippi and essentially their greatest export being wide receiver? I mean, you go way back to Jerry Rice at Mississippi Valley and then you've got guys like yourself, Chris Collins. Yeah, Shea Hodge, Dante Moncrief, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Vince Sanders. I mean, the, the, it seems like there is a four- or five-star prospect that plays that position just about every cycle. Um, what do you think it is that that makes Mississippi such a, a breeding ground for wide receivers? You know, I, I couldn't – I could can't pinpoint exactly what it is. Um you know, maybe something in the water. I don't know. But 
what I will say is, man, um, well, honestly, just like any other state, we've got a lot of fast guys. We've got a lot of guys who, who grow up a certain way, uh, playing ball in the street, playing ball in the yard. You know, first off, everybody wants to play the wide receiver position. But also, too, I think that, to me, there's a direct correlation in between basketball and the wide receiver position. Now, here's what I mean by that. Um, you know, if you watch, if you watch some wide receivers coming off the line, when you're making that release off the line, man, that's very similar to handling a basketball. And I know that just like a lot of other states can claim, my favorite sport growing up was basketball. I wanted to play basketball. My favorite player was Allen Iverson, and I wanted to dribble like him. So I think growing up, uh, a lot of my development and athleticism came from that. My number one was uh, basketball. Why am I getting caught? Sorry. My number one was basketball. So that's what I wanted to do. And so that helped me with my wiggle. That helped me with my side-to-side -side lateral movement. And that helped me with ball skills. Basketball, if you're good at basketball, uh, then there's a very high chance that you have great ball skills. So I think if you go down that list, man, and you just talk about all those players, I don't know if Jerry Rice played basketball, uh, but I do know guys like Shea Hodge. Shea Hodge was recruited uh, for basketball and for football. I know Dante Moncrief was really good at basketball. Uh, so I think that there is a correlation to that. That's not the only thing, but I do think that does play a part in it. Yeah, and, and a, a recent guy that played at Ole Miss but played basketball and is now in the NBA, Terrence Davis, was an right. All-State receiver at South Haven. So, yeah, I, I think you're on to something there. That That's that's a great point. Um, so let's let's talk about what you do and what, every, you know, everything that, that you've got going on um, at SB Performance. I know that you're super invested into the one-on-one, the, -on -one, the, the coaching and, and the, you know, building that that type of player in a one-on-one -on -one setting but then you've also got some other things going on with uh devoted dreamers the, the seven on seven team but as far as your day-to-day -day now that you know your playing days are over and you're and you've got a business going what what's that look like for you now man when when I was um uh, in the NFL you know I got I had to retire from the NFL due to a knee injury um you know I, it came a point where I, I had had and needed to decide what I wanted to do. And I was so passionate and so invested in giving back to the next generation for a very long time. I know growing up, my dad used to take me to different camps uh, where I would harness my skills um, and, and I would mature as a player. Well, I, I had to go out of state to get that. Right. He took me down to fast camp in Boca Raton, Florida, and I trained with Tony Villani. Well, that honestly really has inspired me uh, to bring that to Mississippi. Mississippi has some of the greatest athletes. So we need th those kids need to have some of the same resources as they do any and everywhere else. So that's what I want to do, man. I want to give these kids an opportunity uh, to put them on a platform just like kids from every other state. And and obviously my specialties, my specialties are speed and wide receivers, but I also train other things 
Um, you know, I'm not I'm not going to train a, um, a quarterback how to throw the ball, but I will train that quarterback on how to get his feet as quick as possible and how to get as fast as possible. So really, man, that's my that's my why. That that's that's what I'm here to do to to give back to these kids and and whether it's a uh a, a youth a, a seven or eight year old or whether it's a professional athlete or whether it's, a, it's somebody who used to play and they're just trying to stay in shape. You know, that's why I'm here, man. This podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at saddlecreektitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone, from pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi, 
cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your Ole Miss fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. I'm glad you mentioned camps and, and how you had to get creative with how you found them when you were younger. Uh, the, the camp setting, the whole idea of that, not just seven on seven, but just camps in general is so crucial to recruiting these days. And, um, you know, I've said that for a long time with with people asking, you know, why aren't there why aren't there more guys in the state of Mississippi getting getting, you know, getting ranked, you know, in the top 100 or the top 300 or, you know, why are they only a three star? And it, it, it's there's a certain point where the the bandwidth of the the recruiting analysts they, they can't see everyone, but I do think that that's such a big part of being seen by recruiting analysts when they have these these Under Armour camps and they had the big one out in in Vegas at the OT seven where they had the big seven on seven tournament. But how have you seen the recruiting landscape change over the years with? camps being more and more of a thing now? Oh, man, recruiting is really completely different now than when I was coming up. When I was coming up, yes, I, I did the camp circuit when I was growing up. I went to uh, um, Florida State camps. I went to Tennessee camps. And it's kind of like after the camp, the coaches will call a couple players to the side and ask them to run a 40 after the camp so they can see how fast – they were. They did that to me at uh, Bowden Quarterback Receiver Academy. After the camp, they had me run it. And at the time, I ran a 4-4, and they offered me on the spot. Well, now these kids are going – it's literally it's literally uh, leading up to the summer. They have schedules put out, and they literally check off where they're going to go. They know what schools are going to be there, what – uh, um, who will have access to the film, the video, but then social media is a really a component that is taking recruiting to the whole other level. When kids can post their huddle on, on online, when kids can directly reach out to coaches, coaches can directly reach out to kids. Um, kids will post and repost and repost. They could come like an overnight uh, they can be looked at overnight just like that, whereas in the past, it obviously wasn't like that. You had to actually physically go there, and there was a, a longer process for that to happen unless a coach just fell in love with you off the jump. Uh, so I think it's changed significantly. I think it's 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 easier to be seen, um, but I also think the game the game has elevated to another level as well. We mentioned your SP performance and in, in the devoted dreamer seven on seventeen. We were talking before we started about guys that that you've worked with, you know, currently and in, in, in the past. 
One uh, in particular that's in Oxford now at Ole Miss, Jeremiah Dillon, you, you worked with him, um, made waves. You just mentioned Twitter. Uh, he was a big deal on social media for a while with being one of the fastest guys in the country. Um, I, I think he's a guy that was kind of underrated despite being a four-star, just kind of a forgotten name in the class um, because of how well Lane Kiffin and them recruited. And, it, you know, no disrespect to Jeremiah Dillon. I just think that it was one of those where he – committed early on and then played his senior season, signed. There was no drama, but working with him and, and seeing him develop as a receiver, what kind of prospect is Ole Miss getting there? You know, he's a very unique prospect. Uh, he is a special athlete, like special. Obviously, he's out there running the 100-meter dash, and he will come second only to his teammate, Jordan Anthony, <laughs> who, is, um, who is over at Kentucky now playing wide receiver and running track, and he has the fastest time in the nation in the 100 and the 200. So he was coming second only to him, but if you look at them standing side by side, Jeremiah Dillon is, is six two and a half uh, at the time, maybe 180. Uh, Jordan Anthony is a little bit smaller than that. But when you watch them run down a track, you see – you see a couple of them taking little steps and then you see this guy beside everybody then taking off, just marching down the track, marching down the track with this big, long stride. He's special. That's not only his attribute, but one of his good attributes is the speed. He has the ability to go up and get over people and get the ball. Um, obviously, he can pop the top off. He's a lot more jitterish, like jitter. He is a lot more jitterbug than, than people really understand. I cannot. I think that to me, he has one of the more upsides to any receiver. Now, this is going to be big when I'm saying, but he has one of the more upsides to being one of the more better receivers by the time he leaves Ole Miss, by the mere fact of where he was when he went in. Right, he was a track guy who played. Excuse me. He was a track guy who played football, but he was really good at football. But his development, I just think that he he has a very high ceiling is what I'm trying to say. And I, I can't wait to keep working with him and see where he falls and where he lands, man. So I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, but we're going to go back into the archives, back into uh -oh. the vault. And I want to ask you, because there's been some debate over the last couple of years with the the type of quarterback play that Ole Miss has had. You know, last couple of years they had Matt Corral. Before that, they had Chad Kelly, Bo Wallace. A lot of, you know, discussion, um, very uh, very aggressive conversations about um, who is, you know, the quote-unquote GOAT. Um, you obviously played with Eli Manning, who people say is the GOAT. Um, you know, single season-wise, there have been some others that – um, might have had more statistical success, but in your time playing with Eli Manning, are, are there any, um, not necessarily plays um, that stick out or that you remember fondly, but just were there any kind of moments, you know, whether it be in practice or, you know, in the film room or anything where, where you realized just how good he was back then before he got to the NFL? Oh, for sure. And listen to that, to that little quarterback argument, Listen, there have been a lot of great quarterbacks to come through Ole Miss, but I'm look, I'm I'm gonna say Eli Manning is the goat. Uh, that that's my <laughs> opinion, and I'm gonna hold and I'm gonna stick to it. But 
there will be moments in games where the crowd will be loud, the, the, the offense will be in a third down or in a pressure moment, a pressure situation. Um, and as a quarterback, I think one of the great attributes, well, as a leader, um, and if your quarterback is that leader in that leadership position like that, he came in, and it's not just one situation. It happened dang near every game, right? He would come in and um, very calm, smooth, and collected, told us to play, uh, give us different keys on different things. Hey, this guy plays like this. This is what this is how we're gonna do this. If 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 you see this, then do this. Hey, look out for the blitz. If he blitz on this side, just know you got the re the read, the reaction. So it was just so when he came in the huddle like that, he would instill that that calmness, that assurance, instill confidence in us to go out and do what we do. If this guy could come in and literally handling everything, we can go out and do our one of eleven. And so that was just, I would say that was one of his. Obviously, besides his throwing ability, um, that was one of his greatest attributes, man. Those leadership skills. Here's here's what I do, Mike. My best cop out for for stuff like that. Um, the biggest one in talking goat status is is obviously the the debate that is going to go on forever about who's who's better, Jordan or LeBron. Um, and I mean, there's several other guys you can throw in that category. I typically say you can't compare eras. I think that's just too difficult. There are too many variables. I mean, the game that Eli Manning played in you know, in the early 2000s is much different than it is right now in 2022. So it, right. it's incredibly difficult to compare those. But, yeah, I tend to lean in your direction with with Eli Manning being the best that's ever done it at Ole Miss, even though, you know, Chad Kelly had one of the best single seasons ever. You know, Matt Corral led Ole Miss to the first 10-win regular season ever. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a fun debate to have. But um, you talk about – that calmness that he had and it's always it's kind of become a joke with with him as a as a personality now on television and on social media but what was was it ever early on in in your relationship with with Eli was it ever I would say concerned but were you ever kind of like is this guy ever going to get excited or fired up you know did he ever show any true emotion at all during these big moments uh I mean yeah I mean you listen you'll if you watch the clips of him, man, he'll throw a touchdown pass in a critical moment of the game or it's a big first down and the camera pans back to him and he's over there pumping his fist and pumping his arm in the air. So it's like, yes, Eli definitely showed emotion. He definitely, he definitely, we knew when he was fired up. So it, so I, I know what the overall consensus is about his, his demeanor. Uh, but when, when we were in those critical moments, I think that it called for like he was built for those moments because that's the way he naturally is. So he would just come in the huddle and he was being himself and he he didn't have to be outside of himself. Uh, one thing I think that is a great attribute for any person in general or any athlete is know who you are. Um, and if you know who you are, he doesn't have to go out there and be the rah-rah guy and all of that. So it was real. It wasn't phony. It wasn't fake. Um, and so I think that goes a much farther way than somebody coming there trying to be somebody that they're not. Any 
favorite moments as an Ole Miss Rebel? Any any plays that stick out to you? Um, and I, you could give me two. You give me one, a personal one that one that a play that you made, or maybe another one that that you were just a part of when you were on the field. Uh, I think uh, when we went down to Florida uh, in 03, you know, at one point in time, the the first play of the game typically always came to me uh, in that 2003 season. But I know that uh, I had a post route and uh, it was the first play of the game from our offensive standpoint. I had a post route. He won. Ratliff was on me. Um I came off the ball. I kind of widened him out, got inside of him, and I ran on the safety, and I stuck the safety. I ran a post, and Eli kind of threw, like, this weird ball. Uh, Eli kind of hung up there, and uh, I had to make a weird adjustment to it. And uh, I was like, "This, I'm going to get this ball right here. And I literally caught it and pinned it to the side of my helmet and, like, rolled. And uh, that was a memorable play. Um, you know, when we te- when we played Texas Tech, uh, I, we had a we lost 49 to 45, but we had a great offensive day. Uh, you know, I, that game was probably my best game. I had six catches for 157 and a touchdown. That was memorable. But one that was was the most memorable was probably when we went to Auburn uh that year. When we went to Auburn, and uh I know when Eli Lorenzo Townsend was coming out of the backfield. I believe it was third down. Eli kind of short on the pass, but he like kind of flicked it to him, man. And he ran down the sideline and, and it really created the energy and the momentum for us to win the game. Then obviously I can't remember if it was Aroma Shadu or Obama. It was, it was one of them dropped that pass in the end zone from Jason Campbell. And that oh. pretty Ben Obamanu, yeah. And that pretty much solidified game over. So that those were very memorable moments. Obviously, the Cotton Bowl was memorable. Um, but all the games leading up to that pinnacle of getting to that Cotton Bowl were very, very memorable. So what you're saying is what you did down in the swamp and and you and Eli hooked up for that for that touchdown. He based so you basically paved the way for for David Tyree to do the helmet catch in the Super Bowl. That is so, not so. what I'm, that, that, <laughs> that, that is that is not what I'm saying. But I will say that when I when I ran that post, like the the even if you watch it on film, it's like the ball hung hung up there for a very long time. And I was running a post, and I was running it towards the 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 the, the field goal post. But the ball kind of drifted a little bit more to the right, so I had to make this weird adjustment. And so I kind of dove and caught it at the same time and and I ended up pinning it on my helmet and I remember I was holding that ball so tight I, I don't care who if anybody's right there they would not have gotten that they would not have wedged that ball out of the my hand between my hand and the helmet um and that was just memorable man because it was we were in the swamp I don't know how many fans it has but we were in hostile territory First play of the game, let's set the tone, let's set the tempo, and we did, and we won the game. Who is probably the toughest matchup for you in the NFL um, on the defensive side of the ball? Oh, man, I would say every day, every day when I was in practice, man, I had uh, Sean Taylor. 
right? But Sean Taylor played safety. He went in the corner, but you were always aware where he was, period. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My first, my first practice, um, I ran a post. I ran it a little bit too much across the field. Jason Campbell hit me, then Sean Taylor popped me. And when he popped me, he laid me out. But it was <laughs> not even – it probably wasn't even 20% of his hitting ability, right? Yeah. It, and so – and he helped me up. And, uh, you know, I got up, you know, talking my noise. That's, that's kind of what you got to do. Like, no, it didn't hurt, you know, whatever. But I still remember that, man, because it was like, welcome to the NFL, um, but but then I had guys like Fred Smooth on the team, man. Like we Mississippi guys going back and forth every day. Um, and obviously Fred is was a very skillful cornerback. Uh I would say he had more skills than anything. So I would probably say those two guys. At one point you had Sean Taylor and LaRon Landry in the secondary. I mean, that's two man. two guys that were ahead of their time in terms of being humongous safeties I, that's one of them can, one, of, one of them can literally kill well excuse me they both can kill you back there but one of them i feel like i feel like i feel like sean taylor was uh more natural and he was just back there being an athlete and they were both mm -hmm. great uh leron landry was more like trained and coached up but Sean Taylor back there was just devastating because he has so much range. Um, mm -hmm. But your LaRon Landry, you knew if he had a kill shot, oh, he was going to take it. <laughs> like, you, like, he was going to – like, he relished those moments. And I feel like towards the latter part of Sean Taylor, rest in peace, um, he was more of a – man, he's just going to get there and make the play. He's not trying to kill anybody. Yeah. Hey, man, we – Another conversation for another day, but talking goat status, he's he's certainly up there for sure. Absolutely. Um, so last thing here, and again, thank you for your time. You've, you've been gracious. I know you're busy. Um, looking ahead to the future, 24, 25 classes. I know you work, but you were you were running running me through the list before we started. I mean, you got a lot, a lot of guys that you're working with, but. Um, who are some of the prospects coming up that uh, Ole Miss fans need to uh, keep their eye on? Oh, uh, well, I mean, it's a lot, you know, um, obviously Aiden Williams, Isaiah Spencer, he's committed to Southern. I, I think he's going to be a real good one as well. Uh, but, you know, there are guys like Jeremy Scott from Callaway, uh, Demarcus Brown from Callaway. Uh, you got Lester Miller who signed at sign, excuse me, he's committed to Akron and, Jake Norris, and you got a kid named DeMarco Blanton is going to be very good. Uh, but in regards to Jeremy Scott, Jeremy Scott's special. I think, man, Shea Hodge has done some great work with, with Jeremy Scott. I've worked with him some as well. But he's that kid is special. That that kid, he's 6'4", legit 4'4 speed. Um, I just think his his potential is through the moon. But then you also got to look at a guy like DeMarco Blanton. You pull up his film, man. He will he will pop out of the film. So those are some guys. Um, you know, there were other ones. Uh, Jake North, I don't know if I mentioned his name, but he's a tight end out of Madison Central. 
I, I work with him over guys like Vic Sutton, uh, the quarterback. So it's a lot of guys, man. I'm just I'm I'm eager to see these guys come out and do what they do what they do best. So last couple things here, we're gonna take a step back from football briefly, and then we'll end with a football question. But I ask all the guys that come on, all the current players. Um, I was talking with with Dayton Wade last night. I asked him, "What's your go to meal when you get back to Oxford?" Oh man, see, look, everybody knows it's about me, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm either eating gumbo, red beans and rice, spaghetti, or lasagna, right? So I know when I was in Oxford, I would go to at the time it was called Old Venice. I'd be oh yeah, old, I'd be in Old Venice all the time. Now it's called Venice Kitchen. Whenever I go there, I go there and I get their world famous lasagna. I get it from there, and I get some spaghetti to go. Uh, okay. So that, that's my go-to, man, Venice Kitchen in Oxford. And I, I'm glad you mentioned spaghetti. So for the non-Mississippi Mid-South listeners, um, you got to tell them spaghetti and catfish is a real thing, right? Yeah, it's a real thing. Uh, okay. And look, it's a real thing, man. I grew up, look, my family's from Yazoo City, uh, and and we, we used to go to the Delta, man. So we grew up, I grew up eating spaghetti and catfish. Now, as I've gotten older, I, I kind of dropped the catfish and I eat more than just the spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's a real thing. It's a real thing. Yeah, I, I've lived in I've lived in New York and Chicago, and I tell people all the time that those are those are hand in hand, and they don't believe me, but I, I'm, I'm telling you, it's a real thing. Um, and you put some corn corn with that as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, last football related question before I let you go. Um, you didn't have the the chance to to don any of it, but um, of the new uniforms that Ole Miss has rolled out over the past years, do you have a favorite? Oh, of course, the powder blue. Uh, those powder, I, I love the powder blue with the white pants. Man, okay. the uh, the athletic guys. Look, man, I got on their nerves when I the athletic the uh, equipment guys. I got on their nerves when I was there. I probably get on their nerves now because every time I step foot on campus, like I want a jersey, right? Uh, they had all this cool gear, man. When I was playing, we had three jerseys and one pair of pants. <laughs> all right. And and now they have, I, I don't know how many combinations they have now. So my favorite is the powder blue. Um, it just, it just, it, it pops for me. And now are you going white helmet like they they unveiled that one in the sugar bowl are you going traditional or, or powder helmet on top i'm going i'm going powder helmet on top okay all right I'm um going on top. well well mike this has been fun man i, I appreciate the time I, I know you're you're a busy man you got a lot going on but uh thank you for joining and uh we'll do it again sometime i appreciate it man thank you absolutely that's mike espy espy performance OC of Devoted Dreamers, former Ole Miss receiver and NFL receiver. We appreciate him coming on, not committed. That's going to do it. We'll be back next week talking more Ole Miss recruitment. I'm sure there's going to be some other things popping as we head into game week. But uh, thanks to Mike. Thanks to the sponsors that make the show possible. And, of course, thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Until next week, we out.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.